Anyway, all right, well, I do thank you, Keith, uh, for being here. Um, we're going to be going back uh, to the book of Ecclesiastes uh, this morning. Um, as we've been going through Ecclesiastes, we've noticed that Solomon has been sharing um, truth about horizontal life. He calls it life under the sun, you know, physical life, life without God involved in it, you know, just purely human human being. And then every now and then, Solomon seems to inject some precious truths concerning a vertical life. What life is like when we include in God? Well, the portion we're going to embark on this morning is one of those times that the Holy Spirit has led Solomon to write concerning our vertical relationship and something's very important in our relationship with God. And to kind of set the stage uh, for that, I want to take us to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. And let me read those verses for you. It says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both the joints and marrow and is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from the, its sight but all things are open and laid bare the eyes to whom we have to give account. In the book of Search of Exodus, it became an instant overnight bestseller. And it became a bestseller because the co-authors, Thomas Peters and Robert Waterman, they had researched some of the most successful companies on, on what worked for them. What made these companies so successful? And his answer, kind of the summary of the whole book, they, they said this. They said the excellent companies were above all brilliant on the basics. These companies worked hard to keep things simple in a complex world. Those successful companies built themselves upon the basics. Now it occurs to me, that those same principles for a, a business, building yourself on the basics, the, the simple, that somewhat goes hand in hand for us in our spiritual lives. We know it's not the extraordinary special programs, the special things of our Christians' lives that it's built upon. I mean, those are fine, those are great every once in a while. But to be a success, for us to be a success in our faith walk with God, it comes down to the basics. It comes down to everyday life. The simple. Being good on, on these points every single day. What is the simple? And probably the most basic and simple principle in our faith is the study of the Word of God. You and I to be in God's Word, whether it's in our devotions, whether it's throughout the day, whether it's meditating on God's Word, whether it's putting ourselves under the preaching of God's Word. Probably the most basic of our faith is the Word of God. It is a key to success to our walk with God for two reasons. And Hebrews points those two reasons out. First of all, because of what it does. Hebrews chapter 12 says God's Word pierces the heart. It cuts through all of the garbage, all of the, the things that the noise of this world that is surrounding us. Everything that we, we occupy ourselves with physically in this life, the media, the technology, all of the philosophies, it cuts right through the roots. It cuts right through the phony fog. 
you know, our, the mass that we put on, what we want people to think of us through all of our excuses that we make. It cuts through all of the walls that a person sets up in their life to keep other people out. God's word pierces it. It pierces all the way, it says, to the division of soul and spirit. In other words, the word of God gets to the heart of the matter in your life when you open it and you read it. God's word also, it says it pierces, but it also judges. It judges where we get that word critic from. God's word is a, is, a, is a critic of the heart. It means it, it, it sifts the heart. You know, it's the, the critic of our thoughts and intents of the inner person. It reveals the whole truth to us. You know, you might go in for a, a surgery and the surgeon's scalpel, you know, can, can cut the, the, the flesh. But God's word, it cuts down to our motives. It talks, it goes deep to our actions. Is it any wonder that that, that God says this word that we have here, this word that we center our lives around, it is living. It is active. So the first reason that it's the most basic in our faith is because of what it does. But the second reason is why it works. Um, what, is, what is it about God's word that when you believe it and when you obey it, you know, it, it cuts deep into our heart. It works for anybody, regardless of the culture, regardless of our age, our sex, our maturity level. You've been a believer for, you know, 50 years, or you've been a believer for five days. God's word speaks the same to us. Um, verse 13 kind of gives us the answer to why God's word works. It says, there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom. We have to do. All things are laid bare. You know, all things are open. No one is excluded. Its work is limitless, limitless in exposure. It's interesting that Greek word for laid bare. Um, we get the word, the English word trachea, right here, your throat area. We get it. It translates that. What does trachea have to do with that? Well, I remember back when I was uh, an intern back in the 80s in North Adams, Michigan, there was a farmer there who was raising kosher beef. And I don't know all the details of it, I can't remember it, but, but you have to raise them certain ways, and there's uh, the meat has to be a certain color. Uh, they're, they're butchered at a very young age. After about three months, you raise them. And he was telling me that when they take in, he'll take in about 50, you know, these cattle, they weigh about three, 400 pounds. When he takes them in, they have to be butchered by a rabbi. And what a rabbi does is he will lift each one of its necks up and he will slit its throat. And he was telling me he gets $50 a pot for that. So of course, I'm doing the math there. <laughs> 50 times 50 takes him about an hour to do this. I might be pursuing the wrong faith here. <laughs> you know? But that's where you get the word laid bare. Because in the Old Testament, the priest, when the sacrifices came, the animal's chin was raised and it was laid bare. The trachea was laid bare before it was offered as a sacrifice. And that's what God's word does to us. It lays our whole life before us, regardless of, of how it can fool other people, regardless of other things. God's word goes right to the truth of our heart. Our, 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 our lives stand exposed. Nothing is hidden when we're involved in the word of God. And that simple, basic principle of allowing God's word to operate on us and change us 
That is the principle of success in the Christian walk of our Christian faith that each and every one of us needs. So now with, that's just the introduction to that. That kind of is a backdrop to us. I want to go to our verses in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. And as we're reading these, I, I want you to understand these are words that are written to pierce our hearts, to lay open areas of our lives that need work, that we need to operate on. God's word read here today is to, to help make us fulfilled as Christians. So let me read these first uh, seven verses for us in Ecclesiastes 5. It says, guard your steps as you go to the house of God. And draw near to listen, rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know that they are doing evil. Do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of God. For God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Therefore let your words be few. For the dreams come through much effort, and the voice of fools through many words. When you make a vow to God, do not be late in paying it, for he takes no delight in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Do not let your speech cause you to sin, and do not say in the presence of messenger, the messenger of God, that it was a mistake. Why should be God, God be angry on account of your voice and destroy the works of your hand? For in many dreams, in many words, there is emptiness. Rather, fear God. Rather, fear God. In these seven verses, Solomon unfolds for us no less than, than four commands that he gives us. And it's kind of unique because with each command, he gives us the reason that God wants us to do this, that, that we're commanded to do this. He starts by telling us to draw near and to listen well. The reason for that is because God, God is communicating to us. He goes on and says, be quiet and stay calm. Why? Because God hears the inaudible. In other words, he hears the heart. He sees the invisible. Number three, he says, make a commitment and keep it. Why? Because God believes it. God doesn't forget our vows. And then finally, don't decide something now for God and deny it later. Because God doesn't ignore those decisions that you make before you. Now let's work through those four to kind of backtrack just a little bit. First of all, it tells us to draw near and to listen well. It says, guard your steps as you go to the house of God and draw near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. What's the sacrifice of fools? Well, that's being hasty in words and, 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 and there to talk for they do not know that they are doing evil. So it begins with a real strong command here. It says, watch your steps as you enter into the house of God. I mean, if you could, pixel an exclamation point at the end of that command. Watch your steps as you come together to worship. I imagine that Solomon is writing to people here who are about to attend a worship service. And he warns them. He says, as you go, walk gingerly. Stay alert. It's the idea of, of not becoming dull or insensitive to your surroundings. Even those you may be familiar with, with the church and the church building and the worship service, stay alert, he's saying. You may have heard that scripture before. Oh, I've heard messages on this so many times. 
Stay attentive. What is speaking to you? Fools are characterized by a mental thickness. They hear the words, but they turn them off. He's saying, be focused on what is what is being said. It's kind of interesting that at almost every single airport, I mean, if, you, if you've ever dropping people off or picking people up at the airport, there is a hustle and bustle about those traveling. But there is one thing that remains constant at every single airport. There is an announcement that is playing on the loudspeakers. 24 hours a day, the exact same message over and over. You know, depending on the airport, the announcement goes something like this. It says, the white zone is for loading and unloading. No parking. The white zone is for loading and unloading. No parking. But guess what? <laughs> People pull into the white zone and they park and they sit there and they wait and they wait they wait for their people to come out we know in many ways i wish that could kind of be plain for us as as we come together every single sunday you know the announcement would go something like the pew zone is for learning and listening and changing our lives the pews aren't there for us to park ourselves there. there's a reason and there's a purpose there's something that god is doing when his word is opened and his word is taught and it's listened to and it's taken into our heart. And apparently, worship at the time of, of Solomon, it had become somewhat trite, kind of old hat. Maybe it becomes stale. You know, people gather together, you know, um, just like they gathered together at other places. It didn't matter if it was a worship center, you know, to, to listen, to sit, to talk, and then leave. Solomon says, don't do that. When you're coming to a place of worship, you're coming to, to hear God. You're coming to the house of God. And the reason, the reason, he says, is because the living God is communicating. I mean, did you come here today thinking, God is going to be speaking to me today. God, God has something to say to me that I, I need to hear. And for that reason, God commands us to prepare our hearts as we come. To come and be alert. You know, to, to listen for, to God for what he says. Guard your steps as you go to the house of God. Draw near to listen, rather to offer the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know what they are doing. Draw near and listen well. The second thing we're supposed to do. Number two, command. He says, be quiet and stay focused. When we come here to worship, we have to be quiet. We're here to, to, to focus on God and to hear from God. You know, it's great to have our fellowship. It's great to have our friends. But, but we're here, most important, to be communicated with by God. He says in verse 2 and 3 and then down to verse 7. He says, do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up in the matter in the presence of God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For the dreams come through much effort and the voice of the fool through many words. Then down to verse 7. It says, For in many dreams and in many words there is emptiness. It says, Rather fear God. I kind of had to put these verses together. You know, I, I'd say as we, as we come here, I mean, the main purpose we need to come together is to hear from God. Not necessarily to be heard to hear what God has to say. Secondly, and then we'll go a little farther, but this is no problem. And daydream. 
You know, don't come and just put in your time here. It's easy to doodle your way through the service, you know, just occupying it with, you know, uh, planning and preparation. You know, God says, don't daydream. Keep your mind on God's word. You know, it's, it's easy to, to, to worry about your roast at home. It's you know, on day like it's Mother's Day. All of people coming over and get home and, and, and all of those sorts of things. It's easy to focus on that. I love it when, uh, when we're in the church service in the sanctuary and, and uh, somebody's alarm watch goes off at 12 o'clock. And uh, it, it's, it's amazing to stand up front and watch it. And I, I know no one here is anxious for me to be done preaching, but, but everybody look at their watch as soon as they hear the alarm. Don't be worried about that. You know, don't, don't be worried about what's going on around you. You know, it's... It, you know, that kid jumping up and down in the pews or, or something, that's all happening. And we don't want to be a dog, you know, we're squirrels, squirrels, you know, and we're off running after you. You know, focus. Focus on what God has to say. We need to, to be engaged in this. Let those things go. Stay quiet. Be calm. Listen to God. I got a quote that says, when, the, when the, you're churning like an angry ocean, God's truth doesn't drop in. When your mind is going, you know, it's hard for God's word to drop in. And the reason we're supposed to do this, the reason we do that is it says, God is in heaven and you are on earth. <laughs> that's perspective, isn't it? God is in heaven and you are on earth. That's, that's why we're to listen. That's why we're to be attentive. I mean, this statement speaks of perspective. God is in the realm of the infinite. God hears the inaudible, what we can't hear. He hears the cry of our heart. He sees the invisible. He knows what the future is. And as we are quiet and calm, God, God can speak to us. It's interesting. I've shared this before, but there are times after a message, after I preach, that someone will come up to me or call me later in the week and, and mention something that really touched their heart, you know, in the message this, you know, this past Sunday. And I'll think, I didn't even say that in the message. I wasn't even preaching a scripture about that. You know, someone will say, well, God's word, you know, spoke to me, and I'm going to really, for, I'm, I'm going to forgive this person. I'm going to let go, or, or I'm going to, you know, do this area of, of commitment or purity or whatever it might be. And I never said that. How does that happen? When our hearts are quiet, God speaks. God often speaks to us through things that, you know, maybe aren't directly said or, or, or you can't see. I think that's why Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Be quiet, be still. You know, if we're daydreaming, if, if we're preoccupied with things, just catching up a, a word here or there, you know, we're not. God can't speak to us. It's in the calmness of the heart. come together, when we come together, do you hear God speaking to you? Do you calm your heart in a, in a readiness? You know, don't fill it up with chatter and dangers. Stay focused. There's a third command. Number three, we need to make a commitment and we need to keep it. When we make a commitment, we need to keep it. Verse four and five. 
It says, when you make a vow to God, you pain it, for he takes no delight in you pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. You know, these words are often mistaken here. It's not saying, don't make vows. But it says, it's a command to not neglect your vow. We're supposed to be making commitments to God. We're supposed to be taking steps of faith out there. And when we do that, we're supposed to follow through with them. Don't stand before God and commit yourself to something. And then, you know, bail out on it when things get tough. Make your vows to God. God is speaking to your heart. Make those commitments. And then follow through on them. You know, if God spoke to you and you made a commitment to God, He knew what was coming in your life. He knew what your future was going to be. He knew what was going to happen later on the week, in the week. Folks, we live in a society that makes great allowances to relieve us of our commitments that we make. You know, we are, we are dictated in our, in our society by situation ethics. And for, for many Christians, this is bleeding into the church. You know, it's becoming truth for us, you know, as well. Folks, what good is a vow? What good is a commitment if it's not a commitment to be accountable? A commitment to, to stay focused, not to change our mind when the weather changes. Whether it's in our marriage, whether it's to our children, whether it's to a, a Christian ministry that God has laid on our heart for us to be involved or a service he wants us to be in. Whether as a Christian it is for our salvation. When you humble your heart before God and you accept him, not just as your Savior, but as the Lord of your life. And you gave yourself to him. You made that commitment. It's a vow. So don't delay in pain. God holds us to these things. Be careful in trying to relieve our commitments so that we can be free. That's dangerous and it's unbiblical. Think about the prophet Jonah. You know, Jonah was a man who made a vow to God. He said, God, I'm going to be your spokesman. I'm going to be your prophet. Tell me what to say, and I will say it. And so God told him something to say. He said, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to preach to Nineveh. I want you to preach repentance to Nineveh. Well, Jonah didn't want Nineveh to be forgiven. And so what Jonah do? He redeemed himself of a commitment that he made because he didn't like where that commitment had led him. And we all know the story. He gets on a boat. He goes to Tarsus and ultimately he's thrown overboard. He's swallowed by a big fish. He spends three days in there. And finally, in Jonah chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Jonah speaks. And he says this from the, from the belly of the fish. He says, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. In other words, he had been listening, listening to, to, you know, the, the reason and the, his own voice and his own, you know, thoughts on the man. And he forsook his own mercy. He says, but I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. And he did. He paid that which he was vowed. Why should we not forget a commitment that we make? Because God doesn't forget. God doesn't forget it. Verse 5, he makes it very, very clear. He says, Is it better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay? He's not all excited about people walking the aisle, people making the commitment, and three days later, nothing. 
Three days later, lives haven't changed. A week later, a month later, the commitment they've made has fallen by the wayside. If we make that vow, we make that commitment, we need to keep it. And, and the fourth commandment kind of goes along uh, with that same thing of, of making vows and keeping those vows. He says in verse 6, He says, do not let your speech cause you to sin, and do not say in the presence of a messenger of God that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry on account of your voice and destroy the works of your hand? The fourth commandment is in effect saying, don't allow yourself to worm out of something that you once considered important. We have no right to say, hey, you know what, saying I'd stay morally pure. I mean, God knows I'm only human. You know, or when I was young when I made that vow, that commitment, times have changed. I've changed. My service to God, you know, I, 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 I know I really meant it when I said it, but it takes time for things that are You know, I need to free up some of those commitments. God does not ignore your decisions that you make before him. He doesn't ignore your commitments regardless of when you made those commitments or how God holds you to those things. And if we took all four of these commandments, we took all four of these commandments and said, well, how would you summarize them? Probably the last three words of chapter 7 will pretty much summarize it. It says, fear This is about taking God seriously. This is about living in, in awe of all tells us to worship him seriously, listen to him seriously, vow before him seriously, keep the promises and commitments that God is leading you to make in your life. There's a purpose for those. Those are just commitments of your whims that you want. God is leading you in these commitments for a purpose and for a reason. And remember, it's, it's being good at the basics that is the key to success. And for us as Christians, the basic is our obedience to the word of God. And his word for us this morning is to take God seriously when we come together. Let's pray. Father God, I stand before you just humble Lord, realizing that these truths that we hold in a book or in our mind and Give me, Father, those times when you have spoken to me. Lord, I've just turned it dully or I've gone on my way. Father, I love you and I thank you. Just that you care to have a relationship with me through your Son, Jesus Christ. And I pray for each and every one of us here, Lord. That you will give us that time to have that calmness of 